to Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Welcome in. It's Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. We're at Almost Home in Wrigleyville. We're right at the corner of Clark and Grace. Come on out. Hang out with us tonight at 7 o'clock. TJ Edwards will join us. The Bears linebacker had a really nice game yesterday, and Mm -hmm. this Bears defense is playing some good football. So we'll uh, have a great time with TJ Edwards coming up at 7 o'clock. Blocking Abdallah here for the next hour as we take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. The Bears win yesterday 30-12 over the Las Vegas Raiders. How about that? The Bears get their second win of the season. They're 2-5 and five on the year. And now Abdallah, some positive conversation from what we saw yesterday. And it's, it's a nice welcome, refreshing change to how we've kind of gone through most of this season. Yeah, I think obviously the main story is the way that uh, Tyson Bajan played and, you know, his ability to control the offense, to not commit any turnovers, which I think was the biggest thing, you know, uh, to not really make any huge mistakes, not cost them any part of the game. I think also, you know, when you look at it, you also have to give a ton of credit to the way the offensive line played, you know, moving guys around and whatever, it, whatever they did, it worked out. And, you know, the strength of uh, Dante Foreman and the way he was able to run the ball and run angry and get, you know, huge chunks of yards at times and just everything was working perfectly. They really had a perfect game plan for that game for the Raiders, regardless of who was back there, whether it was Bajan, I still believe that Fields would have been able to execute the same game plan because when you're running the football, when you have 175 yards on the ground, good things happen. You're controlling the game. You're controlling the time of possession. You get turnovers from your defense. Like everything worked out perfectly. And you had a backup quarterback in there that didn't cost you the game, which is exactly what you ask him to do. Don't screw up. And I thought he went above and beyond that, right? He went above and beyond what you ask your normal back. I mean, look, we've been doing this for years. We've seen Chase Daniel come in and play on Thanksgiving. Like, mm-hmm. we've seen guys come in and be able to execute the offense. It was, it's a great story. It's a phenomenal story for him coming from a D2 school in his first start, winning the game in front of 65 baguettes that were out there cheer, <laughs> cheering him on. And his dad's a huge story. It's a great story. I'm not taking anything away from Tyson Bajan. He played mistake-free football. He did exactly what was asked of him. Now he's got to do it again against a much tougher defense uh, in the Chargers. Although they're not great. They're not, you know, world beaters. Their offense has been struggling. Their defense is worse than the Raiders. Their defense is is worse than the Raiders. So we'll see if they can do it. I mean, listen, I'll say it. Take a drink. Defensive DVOA right now. Commanders, 22nd. Raiders, 23rd. Chargers, 26th. So he's got an opportunity. If you watched the game with the Chiefs yesterday, Mahomes lit them up. But the game plans might have to be different against the Chargers than it was against the Raiders. You know, we kind of talked about it with Waddle and Sylvie, and I've listened to a lot of phone calls uh, that we've taken here at the station throughout the day. And we were in the studio with Carmen and Yurko earlier, and, and you know, it, it is funny. Uh, there's a lot of baguettes out there. A lot of people, <laughs> there, we, there was one that called into Waddle and Sylvie about two hours ago yeah, uh-huh. just talking about the baguettes, and it, it was funny. Uh, people are really into this, and you're right. We've seen backup quarterbacks throughout the years pop up, have a really nice game, and they kind of fizzle out. Yeah, I, I do feel as if there's probably a certain sub 
fan group of Bears fans who look at what they saw yesterday and they, they say Tyler Bajant might be the guy. That, mm-hmm. That's out there. I think people, I think there are people who may think that. I also think that you have to stop and pause and think to yourself, if Bajant was that yesterday against that team, what would, have the, what would the outcome have been if Justin Fields was healthy and played? Mm-hmm. Because it's possible that if he was healthy and played against the Raiders, he has a performance like he had against the Commanders. And at that point, now we're talking about Justin really starting to get it. Yeah. Now, he was injured. He wasn't out there. I'm going to give credit to the backup quarterback who showed up in Absolutely. his first NFL start, a guy which you know the storyline already going into us. He was in Division Two. He's undrafted. He makes a roster. He jumps the third to the second backup quarterback position uh, in training camp. Uh, he's the guy. Uh, you know, the, the Bears seem to really like him. He's a guy that they found at the Senior Bowl. I think the story is awesome. He goes 21 of 29, 162 yards, one touchdown, a quarterback rating of 97. He looked cool, comfortable, and he looked like he knew what he was doing on the first spot where he had a chance to do it it was surprising usually uh, a rookie a backup those guys get in there they look flustered they make mistakes there's all kinds of things that don't go his way he looked the part yesterday Mm -hmm. and and because of that part of you has to want to see what he can do in a second week against the chargers because i want to know was it a one-time thing or can this guy really play some football because that would be great if he can well i think that you know the defense has to help him out, right? Like, the defense helped out, helped him out yesterday. You know, this is now the third game in a row where this defense has held opponents to 20 points or less. They held the commanders to 20 points. The Bears lost the game against Minnesota, but it was only 19 points. And, uh, you know, and then the Raiders yesterday only scored 12 points. If you can limit what Justin Herbert can do and keep the pressure off of Bajan to not have to go out there. And I would say the same thing if Fields was out there. Keep the pressure off off him so he doesn't have to go out there and be the hero. Just control the game. Stick to your game plan because the the last thing you want to see is the Chargers march down the field, score instantly, then they march down the field again, and then all of a sudden you're down 10, you're down 14, and then the game plan changes. Your game plan, the game plan that they ran yesterday was of a team that is in control of the football game. Running the ball, short passes, a lot of screens, really finding success and keeping the confidence in your quarterback. Because you're right, he goes out there those first couple plays, and if he airmails a couple balls, you're like, whoa, he's nervous. You know, because that's usually the first thing you see with a rookie quarterback or with a backup coming in. The nerves are there. You overthrow some footballs. You overthrow some receivers. You're too high on passes. You're zipping the ball in there a little too quickly. You're underthrowing guys, and that's usually nerves. You see it kind of calm down in the second and third series, but sometimes it's too late. You're already behind the eight ball, and then you have to play hero ball and try to bring a team back. If they can, if the defense can keep them in the game, they can find success because I will give more credit to – I'm giving credit to, to Bajan as well, but the way that this defense has played and the way that Matt Eberflus has had this defense playing is something that is great for this team and can keep this momentum going, I think, through the Chargers game. It's Bears night in Chicago. We're presented by Miller Lite tonight. We're at Almost Famous in Wrigleyville. you got to come out hang out with us. 
TJ Edwards, Bears linebacker, will be with us at 7 o'clock here at Almost Home. Uh, we're at the corner of Clark and Grace. Come on by if you live in the city. Not usually uh, do we get a chance to have a broadcast here in the city. So for you, you walked over here. I did. You're, you're usually uh, over in the Southport Corridor. I and am. It was very nice of you to join us this evening. You're sir. welcome. You're welcome. Uh, not, not a far drive from me from Avondale. So, like, this, this is the best. Yeah. When we can be in the city and enjoy the evening. So come on out. Hang out with us. We're drinking Miller Lite here at Almost Home in Wrigleyville. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying with Bajan. He looked good, though, yesterday. He did. He did. He looked good. He did. He looked good. Yes. He looked good. Yes. Admit it. Admit it. And part of you was, uh, you got a little tingle, thinking, like, maybe this guy could really play. Yeah, I'd like them to I think throw the ball our, more all, than four yards down the field, but yeah. Well, yeah. so it's funny that you bring that up. You know, yeah, it, like you, I, I would you like, watch, you watch, I would like them to throw the ball a little bit you watch farther, the, but, you know. You watch the game, and you kind of, like, as the game was going, I kept thinking to myself, man, this is really going well. Mm-hmm. Okay, now they've got a big lead. All right, they're, okay, you go through your progressions. Oh, you find Scott over the middle as you're probably your third option on a play. Perfect. Nice, nice throw in traffic. Yeah. And as the game kept going, I was like, he's not really throwing the ball anywhere past the line of scrimmage, is he? Nope. Oh, he's and, – and really, when you look, look at, at the, the drive chart, chart. Yeah. Look at the chart. He had – I think I counted 11 passes that were behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And the farthest I threw was 16 yards. It was a completion uh, down the right side. But most of everything he attempted was within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And that's where you see – a situation where it worked once. Now, NFL teams know that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to throw 11 times behind the line of scrimmage next week. Uh, that's where I want to see him grip it and rip it, right? You want to see him over the seams. You want to see over the middle. Yeah. You want to see down the sideline. You want to find DJ Moore. Uh, that's what is missing from the performance. Everything else for Tyson Bajan yesterday was great. Well, the key Everything to that else, is... But it was too much towards the line of scrimmage. You can run that same game plan if your offensive line plays as well as they did yesterday. You know, if those guys are out there blocking for you, and you're, you're, that to me was the best part, is that you know, if the offensive line was playing this well all season, you might have some more wins. Right, you might have a couple more wins. You'd be, you'd be in control of more games. You'd be able to run the ball a little bit more effectively. Like, just go through. It's not hard to point out. Look at their wins and losses. When they win games, they run the ball effectively. Like they have, they dominate in yards. They dominate in time of possession. Like it's not hard to do keys to victory. Sorry, Yurko, but it's not hard to do keys to victory here. Oh wow! Like run the ball. Wow. <laughs> he says it too. <laughs> Shots fired. Listen, he, he it's Yurko, so he jazzes it up a little bit. Does he? But, yeah, it's Yurko. Of course he does. He plays jazz? He puts a little jazz on it. He puts a little uh, sexy saxophone on there for the jazz. Isn't that, isn't that the key to jazz? It's all, like, uh, it's, it's all, all improv. improv. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's whatever he can uh, exactly. maneuver within his keys. But, like, the main point in controlling a game is your offensive line has to play well and you have to be able to run the ball. That's why, look at those... Passes behind the scrimmage, you get yards after the catch because your offensive line is blocking well. 312-332-3776. It's Black and Abdal. We're talking football with you. We're talking Bears football with you here at Bears Night in Chicago where it's almost famous in Wrigleyville. I love this. Usually I go to a caller, and the first caller I go to is usually someone in the city, right? Mm-hmm. Keep it local. Mm-hmm. But this call uh, I think is great. Oh, On no. a Bears Monday, a Bears victory Monday, let's go to Gary in Mississippi listening on the ESPN oh. Chicago app. Hello. I just want to uh, just make a comment. You know, the the season's not over yet, and everyone's kind of, you know, looking towards 2024. 
But uh, I like the fact that uh, we have uh, 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 not necessarily controversy, but dynamic duel. I think that um, we are uh, uh, blessed to have um, Bajor in there or um, Tyson. He accomplished two goals. He's actually won a game, and he also um, gained ground on Detroit. I think this season is still salvageable. So I'm not looking at this doomsday scenario. I'm looking at we can actually salvage this the, the remainder of this year with the remaining 10 games. All right, Gary, we got you down. There he is, Gary in Mississippi. Uh, he's excited that Badger played well yesterday yeah. and that mm-hmm. uh, the Bears gained some ground on yeah. the Lions. How about that? Yeah, I mean, on a look, Bears victory Monday, listen, they gained ground on the Lions. It's still mathematically possible to go 12-5. and five. Right? That's, like, it's mathematically possible. That's true. It's yes, mathematically, mathematically that and, works. And, you know, we'll talk to TJ Edwards, but I doubt that they think that they're out of it. Look, the Lions no. went 1-6 and six last year and ended up a game away from making the playoffs. Like, they win that game at the end of the year, they make the playoffs. Not going to lie. Yesterday evening, I may or may not have looked at the standings. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's not over with yet. They're at the bottom of the NFC at the of moment. Of course they are. But I think the teams that are in the 7th, 6th, 5th wildcard spots in the NFC, they have like three losses. Well, here's the other key, so you're too. Only, you you're played, only technically like two games out You right haven't now. played the Lions yet either. You still oh, have two so, games. So this is what you're still doing? still have two games against the Lions. No, listen. One game at a time here, all right? I, I agree with him in saying that it's too early to punt on the season. Like, I'm not rooting for losses. I'm not looking at quarterbacks in the draft yet. I'm still saying, hey, there's a chance to say, and, you know, going into on the pregame tailgate yesterday when we were talking about it, there's too many guys on this team that are going to be around for the next few years where you can't just throw in the towel and tank. There's too many guys here that, you know, like Jalen Johnson, two picks yesterday, doing the, the, you know, making it rain, saying he wants money, he wants a payday. And he's a guy that could be up for extension. There's too many guys on this team that need to play well for the foreseeable future that either want to resign on this team, don't want to get traded at the deadline, or are going to be here and need to improve. You know, Matt Eberflew said today that Roshan Johnson might be back next week. That's good. That's good for, for Bajan out there to have more running backs, the ability to get back out there. There's a bunch of guys on this team. You think that Darnell Wright wants to just roll it up and say, oh, I guess it's, that's the end of the year. No, he was just drafted. He's going to be here for a while, hopefully. So there's too much football left to start rooting for losses and just be like, well, that's it. Not for me. Let's go to James and Gurney. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, James? Hey, fellas. Hey, I just want to – that was cool. You're, that story's awesome. It's good to see that kid belongs. Where, where it's going to take him, we don't know, his arm strength, but – I mean, was there something really wrong with being a backup quarterback in the NFL? It's, that's one of the best jobs in the world. So I just wanted to kind of – he played the game plan to perfection, right? I mean, like you guys said, and they're going to have tape on him. They're going to start to push the safeties up a little bit. And make. But he did what he was supposed to do yesterday. It was good to see the tempo, the way that kid was recognizing. Never looked really lost at any point. Recognize, read, pre-snap, get rid of the football. So – it was good to see a victory. Um, defense is playing a little bit better, and I and I want Justin to succeed. That's the whole point. I understand. Like, there's nobody. I'm 50 years old, man. Cutler is the best I've ever seen. There's nothing more than I want is to have Justin succeed. But can Justin run that type of a game plan when it's needed? I haven't seen it yet, so I don't think Tyson's going to be come. He might have solidified himself to be the backup quarterback for the Bears for a while. There's nothing wrong with that. But I am also excited to see. 
what he could do after a week of tape. A little bit more fierce of a rush, I think. I think the front four, Mayans Crosby, I think the front four for L.A. are a little bit more dynamic. They're, they're, they have some struggles in the back seven, which will be good for him. But we'll see if he can adjust and throw the ball a little bit more downfield. But it's a really cool story, and the kid just solidified maybe a backup quarterback job in the NFL. Which for is sure. Like four yeah, or five thanks, James. million thanks. a year. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for the phone call. We appreciate you. I, I'd say this, you know, backup quarterback for some time. I, I don't know. I think the way this is going to play out – when Justin Fields is healthy, he's going to be back in as the starter. Mm-hmm. I think now you know in the back of your head if he falters, you at least have a decent option. And I think that will at least be a conversation. If Fields doesn't play well, you have someone who makes quick decisions and gets the football out of his hand, mm-hmm. doesn't stay in the pocket, and, and take the bad sacks, hold on to the football, and you're going to have someone that people are going to suggest needs to be starting if Fields comes out and doesn't play well after he's healthy. That, that is something that's going to take place. I feel like people are very quick to forget that Justin Fields put up four touchdowns like two weeks ago. I don't forget that, but the one thing that you, you can't deny is that Justin holds on to the football too long in the pocket. Of course he does, but maybe a and week you just off. Saw, you just saw someone in the offense yesterday who released the football quickly. Now, yes. we went over the, the passing chart, and it's all within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. It can't be. Mm-hmm. But the point is he's making quick decisions. If Justin's not doing that and the offense is stalling like it did against the Vikings, now we've seen it. If yeah. we see it again this week, that's going to give, give even more data to the idea that we need to have someone in there who's making the quick decisions and playing quarterback. Do you still way. have the, uh, all the quarterbacks' uh, drive charts up there? Do you still have that on your, uh, on your computer? Yeah, who do you want? Look up uh, Mahomes. Because Patrick they, Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes, because they played the Chargers this week. He plays uh, for the Chiefs, He right? does play for the Chiefs. Kansas yeah, City? Yeah. Go scroll down, scroll Kansas down, City scroll Chiefs. down to Kansas City. All right. All right, look at, uh, look at his, look at his real quick. Now, see how everything is in front of the line of scrimmage and between the hash marks, and they destroy yeah. the Chargers. Is that something that Bajan is going to be able to do next week? Mahomes if- threw nine passes behind the line of scrimmage, but the majority of his stuff is past 10 yards down the field. Yeah. And, in fact, he had... Six passes beyond 20 yards. I'm not saying field. that Beijing needs to be Mahomes. I'm not saying that at all. And but if, four between 15 and 20 yards on field. But so. if that's the game plan to beat the Chargers, is he going to be able to replicate something like that? Are the Bears going to look at that game plan where the Chiefs beat the Chargers and say, look, you can throw in the middle of the field all day? Are they going to be able to do that? Is the line going to be able to protect him long enough where you might need an extra second to get a guy open or to go through your progressions to get further down the field? The game plan worked against the Raiders. I want to see what the game plan is against not as good of a defense as we know, but they've got a lot more playmakers on that team than the, than the Raiders do. Yeah, Mahomes threw the ball 42 times. Exactly. So are you okay with Beijing throwing the football 42 times on Sunday Night Football? I'm okay with whatever gets them a win. I don't care what the game plan is. If the game plan is, is what the 49ers have done before when Jimmy Garoppolo is there and he throws the ball three times, I don't care as long as the Bears find a way to win on Sunday night. I don't care how it happens. It's Black and Abdallah. If you want to talk Bears football, you can call us at 312-332-3776. It's Bears night in Chicago. We're presented by Miller Lite. We're at Almost Home in Wrigleyville at Clark and Grace. So come on out, hang out with us tonight. Bears linebacker T.J. Edwards will join us at 7 o'clock. Got a lot to discuss. We'll take your calls on the Bears. We're coming back here on ESPN 1000. This is Bears Monday. Bears Monday on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago.
Live from almost home in Wrigley, it's Bears Night in Chicago and Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. So think back to the way the game started against the Vikings. Remember that play, the first offensive play? Mm-hmm. Justin didn't roll, so, so he took the sack. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was also the Vikings had a blitz on. and Unlocked. he Unlocked. Yeah, I mean, so you look at the way it kind of played yesterday for Tyson Bajan. It seemed like he was making all the calls. He was aware of everything. Yeah. He was avoiding those situations. Now, the Vikings' pass rush is a little bit different than the Raiders, but you had to go against Max Crosby, and he was having a decent day. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, like, we saw an example of how it needs to be, and I think now when Justin gets back on the field, I want him to play well, but I think there's also a standard that we can hold him to now and say, oh, yeah. you know, by the way, like, those mistakes, the, the holding the football too long in the pocket, taking a bad sack, not reading the defensive blitzes or rolling with the pressure, whatever that might be, now we have, like, a little b- blueprint to suggest, and, yes. and I think a lot is going to come to what takes place on Sunday against the Chargers, right? I also think, you know, like— If Bajan goes two for two in really clean games and making yeah. smart decisions, I think the, the conversation about who the starting quarterback, that will only get louder because of that. Well, of course. I also would wonder, you know, Luke Getze doesn't meet the media till Thursday. I would wonder how much of this game plan was altered to have Bajan be successful early. You know, like short throws, early, build his confidence, stuff behind the line of scrimmage, that kind of thing. Whereas the game plan for Justin is, because we know he can run better, is stuff that's deeper beyond the line of scrimmage. You know, deeper passes, longer routes, like that kind of thing. I think both things can be true, where you every time he made a short throw... You know, Luke Getzey could look at Justin on the sideline and be like, see how, it, see how it's supposed to look? Like, this is how it's supposed to look. But also the game plan could be a little bit different based on the strength of the quarterback. Like we haven't really seen Bajan air it out where we've seen Fields throw deeper down the field and move the ball down like we saw it against the Commanders. They were moving, they were pressing the ball down the field and pushing the ball down the field, everything like that. And so it'd be nice to see that kind of game plan just to see what Bajant can do, you know. And if you go by the spread, they're an eight-and-a-half-point dog. They might be in a situation where they have to force the issue a little bit more and maybe come from behind. Well, and that's where, like, the game script worked out to allow the Bears to kind of not try and push the envelope. Yeah. I wonder if, if they were behind or if the game was closer in the second half you would have seen Bajan try and stretch the field a little. Mm-hmm. We didn't see that. But also, they didn't need to do that. No, they didn't need to. So, like, I, and I the don't one know, time like, they did, they brought in Peterman to throw and, the Hail Mary. And, like, I wonder if you, you were thinking the same thing watching the game. Is, like, when you got to, like, midpoint third quarter, early fourth quarter, didn't it kind of feel like, hey, just don't mess up and, and things are going to work out for you today? Like, yeah, the way like the they, defense they were, was playing, They were yeah. done, like, experimenting mm-hmm. with the young rookie quarterback, Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of like, okay, we're just going to run the football, and our offensive line is playing really well, so we can do that, and we'll just like kind of hope that we hold on. And, of course, you're going against a team with a backup quarterback as well. So it's not like you have a a guy like Russell Wilson a few weeks back who was able to score points and move the football in the second half of a game. And now you've got a guy who can do that that you're facing on Sunday in Justin Herbert. Like, this is a different animal. Their offense has not been good. 
but it's still Justin Herbert. He's still a top ten quarterback. It's still a guy that you're going to need to – Social media quarterback, right? He's a social media quarterback. Is that, is that, yeah. is that the yeah. thing with the, yeah. Justin Herbert? We'll ask TJ Edwards. He's faced him before. He has. Yeah, so we'll see if he it thinks was, he's a social uh, media quarterback. Let's see. It was back in uh, – It was two years ago, right? 2021, the mm-hmm. uh, Eagles lost to the Chargers 27-24. Herbert win 32 of 38, 356 yards, two <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, TJ Edwards had 14 tackles in yeah. that game. He led the Eagles in tackles. So we'll, we'll ask him uh, when he gets here about that, mm-hmm. uh, as we always do. It's Bears Night in Chicago. We're presented by Miller Lite. We're at Almost Home in Wrigleyville. Come on out, hang out with us until 8 o'clock. Great. Yeah, Clark and Grace is where we're at. There's a lot of TVs. There's baseball. We're getting ready for Monday Night Football. You see what's all over the walls, though? There's yeah, a there's of, a bunch there's of, of Alabama gear. A lot of crimson around here. A bunch of Alabama Love gear. It. Love Congratulations, it. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It was a hard-fought game. That, I'm not going to lie. They had us in the first half. Well, I mean, it, yeah, they did. <laughs> we had some uh, people on social media asking why I wasn't giving you crap about the first half. Well, because you have your own game to worry about. No, I mean, also, college football games are long. Yeah, they are. They take forever. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to, to jaw in the first quarter or the first half because it usually comes back to oh, get you. You got the full Jalen Milrow experience on Saturday against Tennessee. You got the interceptions. You got the bad throws. You got the bad sacks. You got. I mean, I felt like I was watching just Fields out there. To be honest, like he holds onto the ball way too long. Uh, he, pat, he, you know, sits there and pats it twenty times before he decides to throw it. And then they eventually, the defense kind of exuded its own will, and they came back, and they obviously won that game. I'm sure this place was on fire uh, on Saturday. Oh, yeah, and, and the stuff in this bar, like the, the Alabama stuff is awesome in mm-hmm. here. So there's a big flag in the back. It's great. So come on out. We're at Almost Home in Wrigleyville. We're having a great time drinking Miller Lite. 312-332-3776. We're talking to you on the phones about the Chicago Bears on a Bears Victory Monday. Let's go to Tony on the south side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tony? Hey. Really appreciate you guys taking my call. You know, it's good that the Bears won, but let's not let's not go overboard with this bag of quarterback and saying that, you know, he did a great job. Half of throws were behind the line of scrimmage. The, the, the offensive line, when Justin is playing, has a lot of question marks. Justin's been hit a lot, sacked a lot. Now all of a sudden, He's going to have to battle for his starting position. What, what, this is typical Chicago. To, to, to go with someone that has no reason to be the starter and then pump it up to the point that we can go get Super Bowl tickets. No. Nah. If I was Justin, I would, I would ask for a trade. I would ask for a trade. Well, Tony, I'd say here. this. Here, here's the thing. No one's saying that Bajan should be the starter today. I, I think you do have to live in reality, though, and that if Justin goes out and struggles – you have to agree that Bajan looked okay, and if he looks good against the Chargers, now we need to start considering that maybe Justin isn't the guy. We've got to see him play they first. Tailored. But Justin, has to, Justin has to be back out there and has to play poorly. We've seen Justin play poorly. It's okay. not like that's mm-hmm. a crazy thing to conceive. Well, what, okay, the offensive coordinator tailored the offense for that particular quarterback. Well, I mean, we couldn't see that? The, the guy only had 100 and some yards. Passing. I mean, come on. Let's be serious. Justin needs a better team around him to succeed. Justin Hubbard, even Josh Allen is having problems this year in the NFL. And he's a top-tier quarterback, supposedly. You know, oh, let's get rid of Justin all of a sudden. This is not all on Justin. This is on his coaching and Ryan Poles 
have not really put some playmakers around them. Okay, we got DJ Moore. Yeah, that's fine. But Cole Komet, to me, Cole Komet is mediocre at that. Reggie, how how do you uh, how do you explain or uh, that that wasn't right? What is his first name? James? Yeah, on Southside. Uh, I would say, Tony. how do you explain then, Tony? Tony Southside. How do you explain not being able to process in the pocket then? That's all on everyone else. Okay, let's get an offensive line, some decent players on the offensive line. He, he's probably uh, was out there though. Not, well, okay. You, and you I will say this, to, like, besides the offensive line in the Commanders game when they won. They were great. They played well. They, were they great. played very well. Okay. In the Vikings game, okay. didn't play as well. Like, it, you're not, Tony, you're not wrong, but at the same time, like, they've played well for Justin. Yeah, they have. Uh, that's, that's, for me, that's up to debate. But Justin has had two very good games throwing the ball down the field. This quarterback yesterday... He didn't go deep. Well, he went he went deep a couple of times, but then runs behind the line of scrimmage. Now, come on, now let let's be serious about that. He only had a hundred and some yards passing. He had eighteen completions on a hundred and some yards passing. Oh that's yeah, that's not good enough. And, and Tony, you're right. To to be successful in the NFL, you have to go down the field. So absolutely, Bajan, if he if he were to be the starter, yeah. in a futuristic scenario, he would have to pass down the field. Absolutely. Thanks for the call, Tony. Appreciate I think we're going to have to see it on on Sunday. Like this is the Chargers team is good. Like they're not they haven't been playing great statistically. If you look at their numbers, you'd be like, okay, it's going to be just like the Commanders. It's going to be just like the Vikings. But you know, you're on the road. Um, it is in LA, so there might be a majority of Bears fans, but still, it's it's a different animal. Like you're not worrying about Brian Hoyer. Like it's 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 a different beast to try to keep up with the Chargers. Let's call it what it is. No one supported Justin Fields more than this show. Mm-hmm. You and I hosted the college uh, football show years before when Justin was in college. We watched all those Ohio State games. We talked him up. We were super excited that he was drafted by the Bears. He hasn't played well. No, not at all. And I think that, you and know. You like, and you are the ones that have had to eat it on the air and say, yeah. hey, by the way, we weren't right. Like, we thought this guy would be great, and he really hasn't performed to that point. Has he played two nice games this year? Yes. Yes. The problem is the Bears have played seven. Yeah. Well, right? and here, like, the flow chart is this, right? So, like, like if he Bajan needs to play, play better. If Bajan plays well on Sunday night and does this again, and even if they don't win but they keep it close, score a bunch of points, he's throwing the ball down the field. At it's, least a, if he, it's a conversation then. It is. Well, it's a conversation if Justin comes back and doesn't play well. If sitting on the sideline for two games, he's watched a little bit more, he starts to get it, you come back, he plays well, like, then you don't have the conversation because – Fields is playing well. But if he doesn't play well, and we've seen the backup play well, regardless of who it was, I don't care if it was Peterman out there that played well or Bajan out there, then you have to have the conversation because, like we've said, these coaches are coaching for their jobs here. Like, if they only win, like if they don't win any more games, they're out. Right. The only way they're going to save their jobs is if Fields goes out there, like, plays well, they win games, or if Fields doesn't play well, they put in Bajan, and they go, look, it's not us. Like, it's Fields. Bajan's been able to execute this offense just fine. We're winning games with him. It's, it's been on Fields. Bears night in Chicago. It's Black and Abdallah here on a Monday night drinking Miller Light. We're at Almost Home in Wrigleyville. Come hang out with us. we got more Bears conversation coming up here on ESPN 1000.
Live from almost home in Wrigley, it's Bears Night in Chicago and Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. It's Black and Abdallah. We are live at almost home in Wrigleyville. We're drinking Miller Lite. It's Bears Night in Chicago. Real and we will talk to Bears linebacker TJ Edwards coming up at 7 o'clock. About 20 minutes from right now, he'll join us. For the 7 o'clock hour. All right, Abdallah. Uh, yesterday was great for the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. But uh, once again, strange clock management by the head coach. What did I ask you yesterday? What did I ask you? Yeah, Towards yeah, the end of the show, what yeah. did I say? So I have it down here on our uh, rundown to discuss our debate from ye- uh, yesterday. <laughs> Who's the better coach, Matt Eberflus or Josh McDaniels? And it's the Spider-Man. They're just pointing at each other. They're I don't both- know. I don't know if I have an answer for you after yesterday's game. You I, said people are going to say Ibraflus just because they won, but I, I don't know about that. They both made. Now I think McDaniel's mistake was a little worse, nothing given is, the context of the game. Then uh, earlier this year, in McDaniel's not knowing a two-score game is within eight points. Was that the situation? Yeah. they were down eight, and yeah. he said, "Well, it's a two-score game." It's, it's like, it's like mm, you go for go for two, my man. You're not. Like, your what? offensive coordinator, you should. <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so, you know, Eberflus, at the end of the first half, here, here's why I thought it was important. Yesterday, watching the game, once again, this is not the first time we've seen this, mm-hmm. where it seems as if Eberflus doesn't quite understand how to use timeouts to maximize the amount of time that they have or to, to be able to finesse the end-of-game situations. I know yesterday they had a lead, yeah. but again, you were, you were in a situation where you were not going to get the ball after the half. Mm-hmm. So you have to take advantage of that offensive possession you have before the end of the half. And, and that's where I think there were some missed opportunities, and uh, that's where earlier today on Waddle and Sylvie, Matty Eberflus joins the guys every week at around 2.10. Uh, here's Sylvie asking Eberflus, about the clock management at the end of the first half. Take a listen to this. I want to ask you about before the half. Um, I I thought it was a great game all around. I I did not love, as a fan and someone who who does the halftime show, what happened before the half. I thought it was very conservative, Coach, uh, going into the half, not using the timeouts and and, um, allowing the offense to move down the field. If you had a do-over, would you use those timeouts uh, right on that third down play and stop the clock and, and have more time to try and score there? On what on the third down play, what? We went out, we went out of the bounce? Uh, well, it was third and seven, he went out of bounce. It was, you had a chance uh, before the half, the clock ticked down from about 40 some seconds, and then the clock kept rolling till about 20 some seconds left. And then you guys got a new set of downs, and then you were forced then to use the Hail Mary before the half. And a lot of clock got chewed up there before the half. You guys played it conservatively. Yeah, so on, on that drive, you know, so what hurt us on the drive really was the penalty. So it was first and 10, right? We had 104, and then went to second and three, and that's when I called the timeout on that one. And then we got a penalty that took us, put us behind the sticks at, at second and 13 from the minus 32, 53 seconds. You know, so that's when we went to third down, okay, got the first down, had a 15-yard completion, which is great, so we're back on track right there. And then from there, what we did was we did a good job of, uh, you know, first down on the, at 19 seconds. We had plenty of time right there, and we ended up taking a sack on the second play. So really the two negative plays is what hurt us. We had plenty of time to get what we needed done there. So, um, 
you know, with that. So the penalty and the sack is what hurt us on that drive. So you you don't you don't regret not using a timeout sooner there. Yeah, because what happens is, you know, second down to third down, if you don't get that third down, then all of a sudden you're punting the ball away and you're going to give the opponent the ball with time and timeouts. But your, your defense, like, and this is where, like, I just disagree. Your defense there, which you're calling, is doing so well. You're one in five at this point. You've allowed them only three points. Why not just take a chance and, and call the timeout? And if you do have to punt, you have confidence in your defense. Yeah, I have you know utmost confidence in our defense, and that's the way we played the game right there, and that's it was a good decision on our part. There's Matt Eberflus earlier today with Waddle and Sylvie. Hear him with the guys each week at around two ten on a Monday. And Abdallah, you know, I agree with Sylvie, and I love that he's like I just disagree with what mm-hmm. you're saying to me. I, I'd say also Eberflus is pointing to like a very specific part of that drive when. Overall, they wasted time at the start of the possession. The Bears got the ball first and 10 from the 21. It was 143 on the clock. Yep. Uh, they had a short pass to Moore for eight yards. That clock went from 136, second and fourth. It was a first down reception, and they ran the clock all the way down to 104. That's where they should have taken the timeout. Right, and that's when they huddled. Yep. They that, came together as a huddle. Yeah, to me, that's where they should have taken it. As soon as they got the first right. down, you either run up and you yeah. – I don't think you should clock it, but I think yeah, you should – Yeah, three timeouts. But exactly. Use your timeout. You've got, you've got a, 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 a rookie quarterback in there making his first start in a two-minute drill. Like, call the timeout with – however much time was left after they caught the ball, and then you have more time to do something with that first down. Then you go second and three. You get uh, seven yards, so 59 seconds left. Then you get the penalty, which pushes you back. I get that. But then from second and 13, you make it third and seven. You don't take a timeout there, too. You get second and 13. There's no timeout there. The clock from the the second and 13 at the 32nd, uh, 30 second yard line. It was 53 seconds. They ran down to 26, and that was where they had the 30 and seven play that mm-hmm. they converted. And then they get the first down. And only have 18 seconds left. If you would have taken a timeout after the original first down that you got in this drive at 136, mm-hmm. you would have had more time on the back end. And Sylvie's point is your defense is playing well. Who cares if you have to punt if you don't get it? Yeah, your defense could hold. And Eberflus disagree, disagree with that assessment. I don't know. Watching the game yesterday, I think this is now like the fifth or sixth time we've seen Eberflus waste away time yeah. at the end of a half and not understanding how to use the timeouts, how to manage it, and kind of keep your offense in a successful place. Well, luckily, it didn't cost them anything because they won the game thirty to twelve or thirty to twelve, so it didn't matter, right? But I will say that going off of Matt Eberflus, it cost them a game last week. It did. Going off of Matt Eberflus's track record, go back to you know the games where we talked about it. We've talked about it with Eddie Jackson before. Kicking a field goal versus going for it and ended up not getting it and then forcing the Broncos to go the length of the field, which they did. He, Matt Eberflus, likes to control the football. And how do you control the football? Running. You, well, you possess the football, right? Yeah, running. And running. Yeah, you possess the football. So... I guarantee you in this moment, he's thinking, we're controlling the game. They don't have the ball. We are in complete control of this football game right now. Because we've seen, that's his track record. His track record is, regardless of how the timeouts are, going for it versus kicking it, whatever it is, he's going to hold on to the football and keep the football in his offense's hands as long as possible. 
even if it means sacrificing time off the clock, even if it means sacrificing points in the case against the Broncos at the end of the game when they drove down the field and eventually kicked the field goal to win the game, um, that it, it will always be his M.O. that he will hold on to the ball as long as possible. Well, and that's why last week when they lost to the Vikings, I thought it was crazy that they got the ball, I think, in the fourth quarter with 6.44 left on the clock. Mm -hmm. And their only objective was we're just going to run the clock down as far as possible and hope we score on this one possession. Yeah. I I live in a world where you want multiple when you're losing, you want multiple possessions to give yourself a chance. Mm -hmm. He just kind of said burn it all, we're just only going with this one option. And that's why the Vikings, when they got the ball back in the fourth quarter, they were in a situation where they kind of could kind of run out the clock, a couple extended runs that they wasted time before the play clock started. Yeah. And it was like the game was over. Yeah. Nothing you do about that. Yeah, to me, um, again, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to budge on this because he's going to go back to the we want to control the game. Right. And it's just something, again, it has cost them games. It might continue to cost them games, uh, but it's something that he believes in. And I think that, you know, when it comes down to evaluating him as a head coach at the end of the year, whatever their record is, this is something that you talk to him about, about his clock management. And you say, hey, look, you should have kicked the field goal against the Broncos. You should have two weeks ago. You should have used more timeouts. Uh, Last week against the – or yesterday, you should have used timeout at the end of the half. So to me, it's just something that he's going to keep harping on as long as the season goes on. TJ Edwards is here. We will talk with the Bears linebacker coming up next right here on ESPN 1000. Live from almost home in Wrigley, it's Bears Night in Chicago and Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Welcome back. It's Bears Night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. We're at Almost Home in Wrigleyville, and now we're joined by Bears linebacker T.J. Edwards. What's up, T.J.? What's up? How are we doing? We're wow, good. good. Congrats on the win yesterday over the Raiders. Yeah. No, thank you. It uh, feels good, man. Yeah, sure. absolutely. I mean, we, we've hosted this show uh, every Monday night, and it's always easier, and it's more fun <laughs> when we can talk yeah. about a win because it feels good. Everyone in the city, there's a vibe when the Bears win. Yeah, it's definitely easier to be here, too, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So I appreciate that. We yeah. saw the videos yesterday after the win from the locker room. You know, Iberflus handing out the game balls and everything. Mm-hmm. But what was it like, you know, winning at home in front of the fans? Haven't seen a home win in over a year. You know, winning like that. And then obviously winning in pretty dominant fashion, too. Uh, just what was it like being in that locker room in that mood yesterday? Yeah, it was fun, man. Um, I mean, there's a, a lot of characters on the team, so I got to see a lot of uh, interesting dance moves as I walk into the locker room. <laughs> Some you you know you hope you never see, and then um, you know others that are pretty decent. But it was uh, it was great vibes, and um, you know it was, it was a great win for sure. So, what do you bring to the table in that situation? Yeah, so I'm a big uh, you know I'm a big you know leaner on the wall in that type in that type. Um, I'm with you. Situation, but I'm a, I'm, I'm an observant guy. Just cheering. Their yeah, game. yeah. No, no, you guys go ahead. I'll, you guys go ahead. I'll, I'll boo when necessary, but um, <laughs> it was a good time. For Adam sure. seen me at a wedding. I, I don't dance. Yeah, we don't. I, I'm, I'm good at like standing in the corner, no uh, always saying, oh, I got to go refresh my drink. I was going right? to like, Find I something say. else to Slow do. Slow song with the wife. All right, yeah, fine. Yeah, All right, yeah, now yeah. we're back out. All right. <laughs> you got to do it when necessary, and then yeah. everything else, it's uh, free refills for sure. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So when you uh, guys have this great defensive performance, obviously the last few weeks, what for you has 
changed the most in the last <laughs> the ambulance going by. Uh, the last three weeks, you guys have played really, really well. And uh, the former linebacker for the Bears, Lance Briggs, was on the air earlier today, and he said it's because of the linebackers. You guys have been flying around a lot more. Is there something that has changed? Are you guys just getting more in tune with this defense? What has been the biggest change for you guys the last three weeks? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, comfort is a big thing for sure. You know, I think, um, you know, coming into this game and then, you know, you get some time to some games on your belly where you can, you know, get your feet settled in and um, truly understand what's going on around you. So I think that, that helps a lot, man. And, you know, understand, you know, who you're playing with, you know, you know what their strengths and weaknesses are. So um, I think, you know, comfortability is, is a huge thing. You know, and I think um, we're, we're finally getting our feet wet to where we can, you know, trust what's happening and, um, you know, truly let go and just, you know, play football and just have fun. And I think we've seen that in the past, you know, couple of weeks. So it's been, um, it's been a lot better for sure. You know, you're playing more free. You know, I think everyone's playing a little more confident um, and just more aggressive in general, for sure. You know, Lance was here with a – we weren't at uh, this bar specifically last week, but he was on the show with us last week. And he said watching the last couple of weeks, it was, like, obvious that coaching was happening and that things were coming together. And, like, we all kind of at the station heard Lance say that, and we're like, okay, you're former player, but all of us, we're watching, and we didn't, we're not quite seeing it. And then you guys have a performance, like, yesterday, and it's like, oh, man, that's why he, he played and I didn't. Like, like, <laughs> like obviously, like, things are, are starting to gel with your group, and I'm sure it's difficult. You have a lot of new faces on the defensive side. Uh, on a unit that didn't have a lot of success last season, yeah. but now you're kind of trying to build some form of momentum now. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, continuity is a, a big thing, man, and just, you know, having a feel for how guys are playing around you is, is big time in football. You know, it's a, it's a game where, um, you know, if everyone's not on the same page and everyone's not doing their job, you know, bad things can happen. And I feel like in these past, past couple of weeks we're able to finally, um, just kind of like I was saying earlier, just get settled in, you know, and, um, understand what we're trying to get done and understand, you know, the weaknesses of some, you know, coverages that we play and the strengths that we play. And, um, you know, I think guys are starting to, you know, be themselves and, and also understand that on defense we want to be aggressive. We want to take the ball away. We want to, you know, dictate the tempo. And that's something we've been trying to do. And I think, uh, you know, Iberflu's doing a good job of, of calling it that way too. When I look at the uh, box score here, I don't know if you look at it afterwards, but I look at that number, Vegas rushing yards, 39 yards. Is that something you look and hang your hat on? Yeah, I mean, that's that's big time, especially, um, you know, against a team like that to where, you know, we knew that um, quarterback was a question for them. So we knew that, you know, running the ball was going to be one thing that they wanted to do a lot. And, um, you know, I think our I think our D-line was phenomenal that game. I think they, they dictated the tempo. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And, um, you know, anytime your big dogs up front are moving like that and they're, um, you know, controlling the game, it's going to be fun for the rest of the crew. So it was definitely kind of how that, you know, shook out. It's Bears night in Chicago. We're joined by Bears linebacker TJ Edwards. He'll be here for the next hour. We're drinking Miller Lite. We'll be back in two minutes. We're talking Bears with the Bears linebacker TJ Edwards. We'll be right back.